0: Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa as the head coach for 25 years, and his son, Brian, is the offensive coordinator. Those guys need to find some offense, and their defense is going to be pretty good. If they put it all together, look out, Iowa Hawkeye fans. This football team could be really good this year. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Really appreciate it. You know, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe down to the bottom. Do me a solid there and help me out. Uh, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every single day. The Iowa Hawkeyes today, that's who we're looking at on uh, Lockdown Big Ten. Uh, the first segment, we're going to take a close look at Kirk Ferentz and what he's trying to do with this offense. Defense is going to be good. I think this is going to be a really good football team. I keep seeing polls and predictions for the Big Ten, and Iowa keeps getting higher and higher on everybody's list. We'll have a game-by-game analysis of the schedule. A little easier this year. A couple of big absences on the schedule. Maybe some more wins on top of that eight win bowl winning team from last year and of course Monday's benchmark our big 10 top 10 be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big 10 for free wherever you get your podcast that way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day well when you start talking Iowa football you got to talk about Kirk Ferentz uh, 25 years as head coach 33 years with the football team on the staff in one form or another and you know uh, I enjoy talking about Kirk Ferentz Back in a former life, I was a national talk show host. He used to come on my show every week for several seasons. Uh, Talked to him during the season, and he was always great. In fact, let me help you out here. He gave me this back in the day. How About that, You said, "Here, Craig, want you to have a jersey. I've uh, I've always I've kept it. It's great. Now I'm I'm not a. This is a lineman number. I don't know if I'm that big, but that's what he gave me. So that's what I have." Uh, number 63, former defensive tackle, Mark Bortz, first team all Big Ten back into Hayden Friday. Remember him? Maybe a little more recently, Austin Blythe or Julian Vanderbilt wearing the old number 63. Well, when we talk about Iowa, oh, and also Iowa fans, I, uh, I moved your pennant up. A lot of complaints, it was down here behind me. You couldn't see it. So it's up there. We're good to go. Iowa football right here. Let's talk about their offense. Really struggled last year, or lack thereof offense. And you just take a look at some of their scores. Their season-opening win over San Diego State, seven-three. Now you think, oh wow, they just scored a touchdown. No, that was two safeties and a field goal. There were no touchdowns. They still won the game. Uh, they lost to Iowa State ten to seven. They lost to Illinois nine to six. They beat Minnesota thirteen to ten. But you know what? That defense kept plugging away. And again, I think a tribute to Kirk Ferentz, their head coach. Uh, they ended up winning eight ball games uh, and, and a, a bowl game, beat Kentucky in the Music City Bowl, twenty-one to nothing. That was an offensive explosion, to be honest with you. But I think it's a great testament to Kirk Ferentz and his longevity and his ability to coach and motivate men. And I think he's uh, obviously a very, very good football coach. We all know that his son Brian uh, Brian Ferentz is going to be he's the offensive coordinator there still. Almost wasn't there. Were some people that were grumbling last year, and uh, there are some thresholds in place now for Brian Ferentz and his offense that he has to in order to remain as the offensive coordinator. These put in place by athletic director Gary Barda, who by the way is now stepping down on August first after 17 years at the school. So some changes coming, but. Um, We're going to get into the offense for Iowa here. I think there's reason to be very optimistic. An offense that only scored 18 points a game last year, and then we're going to jump into the defense and give them all their credit. But By the way, just to compare, this is how the season went, and you tell me how they won eight games and won a bowl game. Offense only averaged 18 points a game, but their defense in 10 of the 13 games Gave up 13 points or less. So, a lot of low scoring games, a lot of grinders, a lot of smash mouth, old fashioned three yards at a cloud of dust type Big Ten football. And uh, Iowa was able to prevail more times than not. This year, though, let's look ahead. The big story at Iowa is quarterback Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara transferring in from Michigan. And look, Cade was a good quarterback to begin with. You all know if you followed the Big Ten. Michigan has won the Big Ten two years in a row. They've beaten Ohio State two years in a row, and they've gone to a college football playoff game two years in a row. Well, they've done it with two different quarterbacks. The first year, Cade McNamara did it. And then, to no fault of his own, he got bent. J.J. McCarthy was was recruited, and everybody knew he ultimately was going to be the starting quarterback at Michigan. So Cade McNamara says, all right, I'm out of here. Let's see. Uh, Iowa, that's where I'm going. So – Iowa now has a quarterback that is capable, because he's done it before, of winning the conference and getting to a playoff game. How about that? Uh, I also have Deacon Hill, a transfer from Wisconsin, to add a little bit of depth as well. In the wide receiver room, Caleb Brown, transfer from Ohio State. Hasn't done much yet, but you know what? What do we know about Ohio State? They are a wide receiver factory. Not everybody can play. You know, they recruit a bunch of guys, but uh, there's not enough room, not enough footballs for all of them. So we'll keep an eye on Caleb Brown. Maybe he's one of those Ohio State guys. It was pretty special, but didn't, they didn't have any room for him. So he's coming to Iowa. Uh, Seth Anderson transferring in from Charleston Southern to add a little depth. Deontay Vines returns. He was the team's comeback player of the year in 2022. Also, uh, Rico Reganey comes back. Fifth year senior. There's one of those all hustle all the time guys that you want to have. So um, the wide receiver room is pretty interesting. The tight end room. Eric All also transferring from Michigan, so maybe he's got a little bit of chemistry with his quarterback, huh? Cade McNamara throwing to All maybe. So and he's a he's an NFL prospect. He's a good tight end. Luke Lachey already here. Uh, scored uh, four touchdowns in a year where there weren't a lot of touchdowns. So it got me to thinking, you know, I was the new tight end university. Uh, Sam Laporta, who was here last year, uh, early second round pick in Detroit. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, former first rounder of Detroit, now with Minnesota. Noah Fant, Dallas Clark, I'm going back a little bit for that one. But I mean, a lot of good tight ends coming out of Iowa. So they're in good shape there. One weakness on this offense, on this grinded offense that just couldn't put any points on the board last year. They were last in the Big Ten in rushing. But I don't, I don't think that's telling her necessarily how it's going to be this year. I think with Kay McNamara coming in there and opening up the passing game a little bit, that's going to help the running game. Defenses can't just lock in on the running game. That's going to give them some room. And despite the tough situations last year, they had Caleb Johnson, who as a true freshman, rushed for 779 yards. He had 200 yards and a win at Purdue. And he could return kicks. So I think things might open up for him just a little bit. There's LaShawn Williams also, who he can catch a pass or two out of the backfield as well. And they're all behind a, a pretty sturdy offensive line. Connor Colby at left guard. He'll play in the NFL someday. He's one of those uh, all-academic Big Ten guys that uh, that I like. Mason Richmond at left tackle, a mountain of a man at 6'6", 308. Rusty Feth transfers in from Miami of Ohio. He's 6'5", 305. He can play both center and guard, so a lot of versatility and DeSean Parker transferring in from Saginaw Valley State also 6'5" 300 pounds. So, huge offensive line, a very underrated uh, set of running backs, a total upgrade at quarterback, solid at tight end, some intriguing receivers. This offense again, the offense was pretty it was pretty anemic last year, no doubt about it. If it just gets a little bit better up from a team that won 8 games last year, Look out because I, we're going to talk about the defense here in a second because they're going to be pretty good, even though they lost a lot of talent. The defense for Iowa, second best in the nation last year and second best in scoring defense. Um, they got Deontay Craig back at defensive end. He led the team with seven and a half sacks. Uh, Joe Evans on the other side as well. And they've got two big seniors at tackle on the inside that just clogged stuff up. Noah Shannon and Logan Lee. Total run stuffers underneath. So, set there, I think, is pretty good. Linebacker becomes very interesting. First of all, they lost a lot of talent. Lucas Van Ness turned out to be a 13th uh, 13th pick in the NFL draft. He's gone. Jack Campbell, he goes to Detroit. Seth Benson, all these guys are NFL talent. And Justin Jacobs transferred to Oregon after missing most of last year with a leg injury. But. They get Nick Jackson, who is a two-time second-team All-SEC linebacker from Virginia. In 46 games of Virginia, had 354 tackles, 10 sacks, 19 tackles for loss. He's all over the place. So that's a nice addition there. They lose Riley Moss at corner, third-round pick of the Broncos. But they got uh, Cooper DeGene, another future NFL guy. 75 tackles. You know I love corners that can tackle that just don't cover guys. They go out there and tackle. Uh, five interceptions. Three of them were pick sixes, and he was the Music City Motor, uh, the Music City Bowl MVP. This guy, if you watch him on film, or if you're an Iowa fan and you watch him every week, just he's got that quick first step to the ball, and boom, he's he's there. He's got a great nose for football for the football. So uh, DeGene at corner would be very helpful. So I think good defense and a much improved offense. I think it's a very, uh, very optimistic season coming up here for the Iowa Hawkeyes. In a minute, we'll go over their schedule and do the win-loss thing that we like to do on the show. But first, take a quick moment to look at the uh, 2024 recruiting class. I always, When I do these previews for these teams, I like to take a look at their future and see how things are looking. And I, I think this, more than anything, says, says more about this team than anything else I'll ever say. The 2024 class for Iowa, they've got uh, 19 commits already. Some of the polls have them ranked as like the 32nd, 30th ranked recruiting class in America, so be it. Their top three guys are all 6'3", 6'4", linebackers from the state of Iowa, all all three of them. Derek Weisskop coming in from Williamsburg, Iowa, 6'3", linebacker. Cam Buffington, 6'3", linebacker from Mount Union, Iowa. Cody Fox, 6'4", linebacker from Winthrop, Iowa. What does that tell you? Coach is doing a great job keeping the kids in state and, uh, and bringing them to Iowa. So the future looks bright at linebacker for sure. So that's a look at the team as we see it today and slight peek into tomorrow. Now that we've done that, we'll take a look at the schedule, game by game, give you an honest analysis of how I think this season is going to go. All that coming up as we continue right here on Locked On Big Ten. but first, we are brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Uh, They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton that can bind up on you. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement or comfort. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't. Want to take your bird dogs off? We promise you. All right, as we continue here on Lockdown Big Town, let's take a look at the schedule. Now, guess who's not on the schedule this year? Michigan or Ohio State? That'll help. All right, this is a team that won seven regular season games, uh, eighth game, winning a bowl. Let's see if they can do more, maybe. Um, they started the season on September 2nd against Utah State, a noon game, should be able to win that football game. Second game of the season, every Iowa football fan in Iowa knows that Iowa State uh, is it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. It's just one of those games each and every year. It's a three thirty game. Iowa lost it last year 10-7. to 7. Um, then Western Michigan on the third week of the season at 3:30. So two and one, maybe three and oh, we'll see going into the Penn state game. That guys, I don't know if you've heard yet. That's the whiteout game. 7:30 under the lights at Penn state. It's the big 10 opener. You know it. I know it. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Let's put a loss there. Just just, just, just to work it out, work it out. Uh, the next game is Michigan State. I think a winnable game for Iowa. Uh, although I think Michigan State's better this year, but uh, I think Iowa can win that game. Then we get into the October portion of the schedule. Uh, Purdue—that's a home game. They beat Purdue soundly last year, twenty-four to three, and uh, I like Iowa's chances at home on on that one as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Two mid games coming up. Two uh, mid uh, October games: October fourteenth and the twenty-first at Wisconsin. And then Minnesota, let's just spitball here. Let's say they split those two. Okay. Then the bye week come out of the bye, go at Northwestern followed by a home game against Rutgers. I think those are two winnable games coming off the bye. Very winnable games. Close it out against Illinois, a team you had that nine, six game with last year. And then uh, at Nebraska on Friday after Thanksgiving at noon, that's a game they lost 24, 17 last year. Let's say um, you win uh, the uh, Utah State game and uh, Western Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue, as well as Northwestern and Rutgers. All right? Let's say you do that. And let's say you split Wisconsin-Minnesota and you split Illinois-Nebraska at the end. That's 9-3 and three right there. That's nine, going into a bowl game. Nine and three, right there. Maybe a ten-win season is possible. I think worst-case scenario, if the wheels fall off, six and six. So definitely a five-hundred season, looking like a winning season the way I see it at Iowa. And again, on the upside, nine wins, maybe ten if you win a bowl game. Um, I think it's a very, very promising season for the Iowa Hawkeyes this year. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. Every day is our next show. We'll take an early look at uh, the Northwestern football team including some recent off-the-field troubles. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube, share, follow, and like Locked on Big Ten. Coming up next, our weekly feature, our Big Ten Top Ten. All that coming up on Locked on Big Ten. All right, uh, thank you again for checking us out here on Lockdown Big Ten. Make sure you subscribe down below. Just click on that button. It'd be doing me a great favor. Or follow me on uh, Twitter at Ten, And I uh, love the comments either on Twitter or on YouTube as well. All right, let's do this. This um, I found over the weekend on Sports Illustrated. They put out a list of the top Big Ten games this season. So we're going to take a look at those right here. And we're starting off at number 10. They've got Nebraska at Minnesota. This is on August 31st. It's an APM p.m. game on Fox. That's a Thursday nighter. 64th meeting between the two. And Minnesota has won the last four games in this series. At number nine, Michigan at Minnesota on Saturday, October 7th. This is the 105th meeting for the Little Brown Jug. And Michigan has won three games in a row here. At number eight, Michigan at Nebraska on uh, Saturday, September 30th. The last time that Michigan was in Lincoln in 2021, Michigan won 32-29. So it was a squeaker. Uh, Next, at number seven, speaking of the Iowa Hawkeyes today, they're at Wisconsin, Saturday, October 14th. This is the 97th meeting between these two, and the home team has won the last four in this particular series. Next, at number uh, f- number six, number six, we got uh, Michigan at Michigan State on October 21st, the 116th meeting. Michigan leads the series 72, 38, and five. Jim Harbaugh just one and two against Mel Tucker. And by the way, if you're just listening on the audio podcast, we've got the graphics up here on the TV, if you ever, or the video, if you ever check us out on uh, YouTube. We've got number five, Iowa at Penn State. That is Saturday, September 23rd. We just told you about that one. That's the big whiteout game. Penn State has uh, a 17-14 edge in the series, but the Hawkeyes have won the last two. So hold on. I know a lot of you are mad at me that I picked Penn State to win just a minute ago. Won't we do right? I know. I know. I can feel it. All right. Next, we've got uh, Ohio State at Wisconsin at number four. Saturday, September 24th, 7.30 on ABC. It's the 86th meeting. Ohio State has won the last nine games, including uh, the last three against each other in the Big Ten championship game. Wisconsin keeps getting the Big Ten championship game and has to keep facing Ohio State, although Wisconsin has not been in, I think, what, uh, four years now. All right, next. Excuse me. Uh, Penn State at Ohio State Saturday, October 21st. Ohio State has won uh, six straight in this one. Number two, Michigan at Penn State, Saturday, November 11th. And yeah, you guessed it. Number one, we all love it. We all want it. We all can't wait. Ohio State at Michigan on Saturday, November 25th at noon. It is the 118th meeting. Michigan, by the way, leads the series 60, 51, and six. And the last two years, Michigan has won by a combined score of 87 to 50. And I know the Buckeyes are chomping at the bit to get back at that one as well. So that's our big 10 top 10 took it off of sports illustrated. I want to thank them for the large assist and uh, helping us put that list together of the top 10 games on the big 10 schedule this season. I also want to thank you for making Lockdown Big 10 your first listen each and every day. Every day is our next show. We'll take an early look at the Northwestern football program. Many ways for you to interact with me. Don't forget hit me on Twitter at TalkBig10. Also, I answer the comments on the bottom of uh, the YouTube page as well. And uh, be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big 10 as soon as it is available each and every day. In the meantime, Check out Locked On Sports Today, that podcast for the latest on everything going on in sports. Have yourself a great day. Thank you for listening. I'm Craig Scheman for Locked On Big Ten, and we will catch you next time.